Hey everyone, I'm Katie Davis. And I'm Ken Kurzel. And we're the leaders of the James Moore Collegiate Athletics team. Welcome to another episode of News and Brews, our To The Point video series where we feature the financial voices discussing new developments related to the coronavirus pandemic and other emerging issues in college sports. Joining us this afternoon is Simon Dover, Senior Associate AD and CFO at West Virginia University Athletics. Welcome, Simon. Good afternoon. Simon, thanks for joining us today. Um, on past episodes of News and Brews, Katie and I have spoken frequently about the importance of frequent and engaged conversations between the athletic director and CFO, as well as other constituents within the university community. And Simon, you've been in your role at C as CFO at WVU since 2017. And um, how have you seen over that time period communication lines between yourself and your AD, Shane Lyons, uh, evolve over that time period? And how does the athletic department work to develop and enhance its communications and relationships with other key stakeholders in the university community? Well, I think I'll take a little bit of the, the backside of that question first, Ken. Um, mm -hmm. One of the things that uh, Shane did initially from the start when I was hired was he has a uh, an administrative row of offices uh, of what you and uh, Katie have visited. And, and with that, he wanted this position specifically to be part of a core group of people that, um, you know, decision makers within the department. There's a, an amazing senior staff that we have, which is uh, a big part of the reason that I went to West Virginia. But then um, he has an executive senior associate and a deputy as well near him. And then he also put um, the administrative side of things and the business operations. And so that just enhances communication with logistics. I mean, you're down the hall, we have uh, continual communications with each other and, and that relationship. Um, and that piece of coming to West Virginia was a big piece of my decision to come there in terms of the questions that I asked and, and in terms of what this role was, because uh, very early on in my career, I was, in more of a deputy type role at a smaller institution. And, and I carried that role into a lot of the things that I did at Rice University. So the last thing that I wanted to do was go to a place where uh, there was a more traditional CFO, if you will, that isn't uh, part of day-to-day -day decision makings or isn't as engaged as I think some CFOs can and should be. So long answer, short question on that piece, but it was a, it was a really big piece of why I came to West Virginia was Shane's approach with the CFO position and what he wanted it to be as part of his senior staff. Um, then with regard to the communication with the, the rest of the university and my position, that was also key. In my interview um, at West Virginia, I was uh, I did meet with Central Finance and, and that was a big piece of my day on campus was talking to them because they wanted to enhance the relationships with on the financial side as well as just what they refer to as downtown because uh, where the Coliseum offices are versus where the rest of the university is and they wanted that to uh, have an enhanced relationship if you will so that was one of my initiatives right from the get-go was to create those lines of communication for the department and to enhance the ones that the other leaders had with their um, colleagues and peers on campus, as well as uh, as get really close and, and transparent and uh, communicative and, and, and create a partnership with central finance. 
So those were two key roles in terms of the things that, you know, attract were attracting, uh, attracted to me when I came to West Virginia and they've done nothing but be exactly what I wanted them to be. So, um, I think in in hindsight, I I couldn't have asked for it to go any better with with my integration with the senior staff, and it didn't take very long at all to have to become part of the entire senior staff, and then become a uh, a person a go to person for our deputy and for our executive senior associate as well as Shane. All right. So yeah. We saw that firsthand, um, you know, when we came on campus and had a lot of great conversations with uh, Central Finance downtown, as well as Shane and others. And it's just very evident of how well you all work together and how important that constant collaboration and and just having the environment to be able to do that, how important that is. And some of the conversations we had, um, of course, this was well before the COVID pandemic, was that the university as a whole was taking some strong steps toward cost savings to position itself well for future success. Could you elaborate a little bit more on what some of those steps are, um, how they're working, and if you've made any modifications to that in light of COVID? Yes, um, actually they were. And, and part of um, the, the interview process, what I was speaking to earlier, part of the things that I was, uh, some of the things that I was asked uh, as I was coming to the university was, uh, what those open lines of communication could be with the university. And some of the things that I shared with them in terms of reporting um, must have seemed attractive because I, I ended up at West Virginia, but um, they saw how communicative that I can be. And we established that um, from the get go. And so anything that we're doing with relative to cost savings or revenue projections, we let the university in and are very transparent with that. And um, and the same with them to us. And so uh, one of the biggest things uh, is, you know, from your question that you just asked, we went through just last year, and that was um, the university going through, in, in effect, an efficiency uh, review. And one of the statistics at West Virginia University was that 40, over 40% of the working population of the university was retirement eligible. And that's a pretty high statistic, but mm-hmm. I think it's that's relative to higher ed anyway. I think it's just a li- it was a little higher at West Virginia than than it might have been at other institutions. And so the university saw um, an opportunity uh, for cost savings by tapering down its uh, working staff uh, across campus in all areas. And they implemented uh, what they referred to as the VSIP program, which is the Voluntary Separation Incentive Program. And it allowed people to put in and uh, uh, put in an application and ask to voluntary, voluntarily separate from the university. But to do that, the departments had to not replace the position. And so therefore, it's kind of a double-edged sword if you're the employee. You're asking to leave early. You're hoping that you're part of this incentive program. Um, you were going to, you could be paid up to from six months to a year's worth of salary when you walked out the door, but that's a one-time lump sum payment. So Mm -hmm. after that payment, you know, halfway through the next fiscal year, the university just starts to reap the benefits of that payroll off the books. And it was a tremendous savings for the athletic department. Um, and to be part of that, we probably had five or six individuals that we were able to accept, 
um, the, the retirements um, for. Uh, we had another five or six ask, but we couldn't not replace their positions. So we had to deny some people. But the university went through the process and saved a tremendous amount of money. And I think that example is the best example I can give from a university perspective because they were trying to um, just become efficient, right? And so from the top down, from the personnel down. And then on top of that, they also rolled out the uh, university centralized, um, what do they call it? Centralized, uh, it's escaping me now. It's a work center where you, it's a centralized work center. So um, that uh, they grabbed a whole lot of departments in effect that were existing within different schools and colleges and put in a centralized services area. And they now use metrics to track all the calls and requests that come in from an HR question or processing of paperwork to a payables to everything. So athletics doesn't use that centralized um, hub, if you will, to the level that the rest of the university does. But it gives you a peek into what some of the things that the university is trying to do in terms of accomplish getting liabilities off your books and, and, and reducing your payroll, but becoming more efficient at the same time. And so that has permeated throughout the entire university almost since my arrival, where there was different leadership coming into the university and uh, implementing some new ideas and thoughts and, and, uh, and rethinking some of the pieces of higher ed that sometimes I think get away from people. Higher ed is a wonderful uh, environment to have a career in and work in. But I think it's so wonderful. A lot of people stay for a long, long time. Mm -hmm. And sometimes the, the salaries might not be as large as, as other jobs, mm -hmm. but the benefits and the retirement are really enticing for people when they get into higher ed. And so therefore they have a tendency to stay in it for a long time. And then fast forward, you have 40% of your population that's retirement eligible. Yeah. Well, and certainly finding some of those cost savings ahead of this next year, which poses some huge challenges, uh, some unique challenges is, is key. Um, jumping back a little bit to some of the communications and communicating around the areas of cost savings and planning for really what's what's going to be an unprecedented year in collegiate athletics. How do you see that played out at your conference level in the Big 12? And are there ways that Katrina Gibson, the, the Big 12 CFO, um, promotes that and and does things to get the CFOs together between the, the different conference schools? She does, and it's obviously been enhanced with this new environment that we're in, mm -hmm. and we're having uh, um, every two weeks we have a call with all the CFOs. That wasn't exist that didn't exist before, but we mm -hmm. have a very collaborative group anyway, so informally our communications were always good between each other but the Big 12's office wasn't as linked into that. We all had our separate individual relationships with Katrina, but she wasn't part of like uh, a regular call or something formal other than once a year when we do the Big 12 meetings. Because of this, that's been enhanced because of all the communication that's been needed, as well as I think um, Katrina is in her role as long as I've been in my role. We both worked in Conference USA together when I was at Rice she was yeah. the CFO for Conference USA. And so I've known Katrina for a long time and have a great working relationship with her. And Katrina, as she shifted more into the CFO role, and there's been more of a, a shift for another individual away from that role, you know, more of a retirement path, 
Katrina's voice has, has gotten louder and, and more effective and, and been a big part of communicating with all the other CFOs. So right now, I think it's as good as it's ever been um, and, and only getting better. And as you guys know, on some of those other calls that we have, there's quite a few of the CFOs from the Big 12 that have joined that group. And, and I couldn't ask for a better group of, of individuals right. to communicate with. That's encouraging. Yeah, they're they are a great group, and it's great that you're able to engage with your peers like that. Um, can we talk a little bit more about engagement with others, um, such as your student athletes, your fan base, and the local Morgantown community during the pandemic? Um, and how is that engagement working? Are you encouraged or discouraged by any of the dynamics? Well, going back a little bit, um, just to two summers ago, I think it was last. I think it was last summer where um, I think to have good communication with the constituents of, of your city, your county, your state, you have to have a good relationship and foundation. And I think that we have a lot of longstanding coaches. Um, Shane has been here since the, you know, the beginning of 2015, I believe, because when I was going to Rice, I think is when he started at West Virginia. And I think there was a foundation for good communication there. And Shane's a very effective communicator, doesn't communicate too much, communicates when it's appropriate, um, and, and listens to the voices of the local Morgantown community and, uh, you know, our surrounding areas. And why I go back to last summer is um, I think uh, one of Shane's initiatives was to just educate people in the state and in the local community what a big economic engine that division one power five athletics can be, but without being pretentious or, or trying to say, Hey, we are, so to speak, and it's because of us. So we had an economic impact study done, which is one of the things that Shane um, had wanted to communicate to the local area so that he has information that when we go and we talk to people about partnerships and, and the good things that we can do together, that there's actually data behind it. And so, you know, anecdotally, people ask questions all the time about your economic impact, but he really wanted to be able to put some, in effect, research behind, uh, you know, behind his comments when he would go to an organization and look for a partnership or help and how we can do something together. So I think it's that foundation of communication, which has allowed us to communicate effectively during all this. Um, I do think fan bases throughout the country are waited and waiting um, with bated breath to to know what the future holds as we all are. We're very measured in our communication right now because you have to give yourselves the latitude to right. make changes and pivot. Um, but I think we have a really very connected athletic communications office to the local media and the national media, extremely um, good athletic communications office. And that has allowed Shane to communicate effectively. Um, and then Shane, the same type of relationship that I have with Shane is the same is the type of relationship that he has with our president and with the university mm -hmm. leadership. So it's extremely transparent and in real time communication. And COVID has just amplified that to the point where we're on so many calls talking about so many things. But for example, last week we're talking about a fan density. Uh, you know, requirements in our in our stadium for football and you have health officials, university leadership, athletic, you know, uh, representation and you're having 
these meetings. A general counsel was part of that. And you're having these extremely productive communicatory meetings where everybody feels free to voice all the concerns and issues that they see. And so we're doing it collectively and the opposite of working in a vacuum. I mean, I do know that there are some athletic departments that do work in vacuums, but it's the contrary here at West Virginia. That's great. That's certainly good and encouraging to hear. And, um, you know, I think that the effective communications that you see at West Virginia all the way down from, you know, you've got a president that's very engaged and a good communicator all the way through. Shane, as you mentioned, strong in that area. It's, I think it'll really serve you well during this pandemic, um, during a tough time. So. So yeah. Simon, I know that you know Katie and I like good beer, and we always bring that as part of the uh, the interview process. And I believe you're at home uh, getting ready to celebrate a high school graduation. Uh, yes. So not sure if you're enjoying a beer today or not with us, or uh, just what? Sitting right behind my computer, ready to go. <laughs> okay. Well, very good. Well, um, you know, I told you I wasn't going to make fun of you if it was Budweiser or anything like that. That's <laughs> totally fine. Uh, I am drinking uh, something from Captain Lawrence Brewing. It's called Powder Dreams. Uh, it's a hot New England style IPA, uh, nice and hoppy, but also really hazy and uh, enjoying it quite a bit. Katie, what are you enjoying today? Uh, so thankfully you brought me a beer uh, from our local beer shop. So it's not a local beer. Um, this one is from Humble Forger. I don't even know where they come from, but it's called Elevated Perspective Oat Cream Imperial IPA. Uh, really good and a little bit different from what we've been enjoying, which has been supporting our local breweries for the last few months. So um, thanks for bringing that to me. So Simon, you what did you have? I am going to crack a Mick Ultra. Um, and again, yes, don't make fun of me. But in the summertime, um, this is my wife's and I's uh, favorite drink on Michigan summer nights. If it's not a Mick Ultra, it's probably a Line and Kugel's uh, summer shandy. And uh, and being a Brit um, and and having those ties, I kind of grew up on on shandies. And so if I'm if I'm not drinking a nice cold ultra, it would be definitely a line and Kugel's shandy. Um, you know, but I've been told I can't touch those because they're for the graduation party Saturday. So <laughs> so um, but but Ken, you did mention something about our president and and being an effective communicator. And I just wanted to share this one thing. I was at my computer yesterday afternoon, and lo and behold, who do I get uh, an email from? Gordon Gee. He just obviously sitting at his, I'm in Michigan right now, as you guys know, I drove up here for my daughter's graduation party, but obviously um, he's back in West Virginia at the president's home, all hunkered down and, and doing his, uh, his thing from home. And somehow he finds the time in his day to, you know, sit down and send me a note of encouragement and realizes the tough times that uh, all of us are going through in terms of mm -hmm. trying to create fiscal plans, if you will. And uh, uh, me and Shane and Kelly were part of a, uh, a board of governors call the other day and talking about some of those challenges and giving an update to the board from athletics. And uh, so he took it upon himself to send a little note and you know, there's not a lot of presidents that will do that. Um, I haven't had too many in my career. You know, I've had more than three because I've been at schools long enough to change presidents. But uh, everything you hear about our president um, is true times 10. It is literally the, the most amazing thing to work at a university where, you know, getting a snapshot but with a student, getting a snapshot with a president is is a postable yeah. offense on social media. 
And I swear there's 10 of him because he's everywhere. <laughs> and, uh, he's got more energy than anybody knows what to. And even after my interview, when he met me on my interview, uh, practically before I got back to, uh, to Houston at, at Rice at the time, I had a, a note from the president. Same thing when I got to the university. And, and then again, lo and behold, the other day. So it's probably more information than you needed, but it shows you top down. Um, leadership and what he's doing and how aware he is of all everybody's different uh, situations and how collectively we can be part of the solution. Um, you know, and, and you know, we're, we're having a recalibration right in history right now and we're yeah. part of it. And so we all have a choice, right? And I guess our choice is to be part of the solution and uh, mm -hmm. other, otherwise we're just going to sit back and watch. So, uh, so he, it's, it's, it's great to work in an institution where you have such a revered and intentional and wonderful president like dr gee that's a great story and that you know that that wonderful story and his leadership and his example that trickles all the way through reminds me of i mean earlier on in in the pandemic the story that came out about your athletic department internally creating care packages for our athletes um you know yourselves all of the employees getting together and sending those care packages out and that making national headlines when so many other negative stories are out there, it was really a breath of fresh air to read that wonderful headline coming from West Virginia. And I think that just shows, you know, how wonderful leadership can lead to um, wonderful communication about all the great things you're doing. Um, yeah, I would agree. It's uh, that we have a lot of great people. And I've, um, this fall, I'm coming up on three years and and it feels like it's been seven or eight. It uh, definitely feels like home and it's a wonderful place. Yeah, well, um, they say the saying is "take me home," so that's probably that's right. right. <laughs> and that's where my daughter—that's uh, where my daughter's going to go in the fall, and my son's already right. there. So uh, uh, it's a, it'll be a family fair soon. Um, but uh, with a graduating senior, we had a little bit of separation, as you guys know. But uh, it's all worked out well. Yeah, well, that's great, and um, we really appreciate you sharing your voice with us and our viewers. Um, we're strong advocates of the financial voice in college athletics, and we've seen firsthand how you and your colleagues capitalize on the synergies fostered at West Virginia with a culture of proactive and strategic collaboration. Um, I can't believe Ken and I are now wrapping up our 11th episode of News and Brews. Uh, as we head into the month of July, we're going to switch from uh, releasing videos every week to once a month. Um, so mark your calendars for our next episode, which we'll release on July 23rd. And as always, all of our episodes continue to be online on our YouTube channel for on-demand viewing. So um, if you missed one, please go back and uh, watch it if it's a topic you're interested in. Uh, we're also working on converting all of our videos to podcasts for those of you that prefer to listen instead of watch, which I know a lot of people do. So keep an eye out for that announcement uh, coming up soon. Uh, you can visit jmco.com for more information about the collegiate athletics landscape, um, please email us directly if you have any questions, um, any topic recommendations or beer recommendations, um, or if you would like to join us on an upcoming episode. And in the meantime, you can follow us on Twitter for more news in higher ed and athletics as things are rapidly evolving. Uh, so thanks again, Simon. Um, cheers and let's go Mountaineers. Thank you. Have a great day, everyone. <laughs>